welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Ann Helvig the First. Today we have Kat McNamara with us. She's a superhero on the CW. You've seen her in the the arrow, in the shadows, in all of it. She cannot be stopped. Also, she has an incredibly um, genius brain to humble brag about her brain. Um, she uh, graduated high school at 14, graduated college at 17. So try not to feel insecure in this beautiful conversation with Kat McNamara. Not, not too deep. Turn your great idea into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you're showcasing your work or selling products of any kind. They have beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything so you can easily make a website all by yourself. But if you get stuck, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support that is there to help you out. So head to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you're here. One, also, uh, the pink hair looks great on you. Thank you very much. Well, well what is this? It's uh, for an upcoming project. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not a personal choice. It's a project choice. No, I actually, I always <laughs> say this. I am... I, I have no courage when it comes to my own hair in, in making crazy choices. But if it's for a job, I will do just about anything. anything. Yeah. Literally anything. I actually really hope at some point in my career I have to shave my head for a role just because I know I'll never do it for myself. Have you had those fantasy actress dreams of doing the cry in a mirror shaving your head <laughs> scene? That's on my bucket list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're manifesting that for you today. Perfect. I think there's stuff in the future. Um, okay. In looking you up, and researching you and not to be like a stalker or a creep. Stalk um, away. Are you exhausted? Because <laughs> reading your whole life story via the internet, which I want to talk about like how that's different than what your actual life story is, uh, you should be asleep right now. <laughs> the, you do so much. I'll tell you my secret. What is it? Coffee and stubbornness. And stubbornness. Yes. Okay. Is that a type of sugar? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I truly, I've also, I've never needed much sleep in my yeah. life. It's just kind of how I'm made, I guess, which I'm okay with. I mean, it seems like you have a very active and functional brain. So that probably never falls asleep at night. <laughs> Maybe never fully. I don't actually know. But truly, I, I commit my time to things that I really care about and things yeah. that mean a lot to me and things that I want to be doing. Yeah. So if I have to get out of bed at four or five in the morning to get them done, I'm going to do it. It's it's so worthwhile to me. Well, in my research of you, one, you're... Um, a complete brainiac. You are an amazing actress. You are an amazing musician. You are also an amazing selfie taker. <laughs> um, you have what I call um, like selfie hands, selfie arms. Like you have a selfie stick as an arm uh, on your Instagram. I love it so much that you like I always get tasked with taking selfies because I have long limbs mm -hmm. and I feel like you've just dominated that whole field. <laughs> well, then you understand you have selfie stick arms, too. My, yeah. my arms are disproportionately long for my body, as are my legs. So it, it just but in this out. era, it's the perfect time to have long <laughs> arms like that. <laughs> Okay, I want to go back to the beginning. I want right. to talk about, so you're from Kansas City, and then take me through Kansas City to graduating uh, high school at 14, mm -hmm. to going to Drexel at 17, mm -hmm. 
talk me through that period. So I, I'm from a family of of science and medical professionals. So education is aren't is we very all? Important. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> well, education has always been very important in mm-hmm. my family and, and a huge priority. And um, I thought I was the black sheep of the family when I wanted to be an economist. How many siblings do you have? Uh, none. None. Okay. But Got just it. everybody so in my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But everybody from my, my mom to my great aunts to my uh, grandmother, grandfather, great grandmother, great all grandmother. Science. Everybody's all science and medicine. Uh-huh. And then there's me who decided she wanted to do economics yeah. until I became an actor. And then that just was a total other level of, of departing from the family line. Yeah. But I, I had an amazing educational kind of perspective as a kid due to my family, but also due to one of my first teachers. Mm -hmm. And I'm still friends with her to this day. And she's just one of the most amazing women I've ever met. Like high school teacher? No, like preschool teacher. Whoa. Okay. And she saw this propensity for learning and this potential in me Mm -hmm. and fostered it and really pushed me and, and presented education as discovery and joy and, and a way to kind of uncover the world around you. And so with my entire life, I've looked at education in that way. And I've looked at school as something fun, something exciting. And my mom and grandmother and everybody continued to foster that in me as I was going through school. And so that's something that it's always made learning fun. Yeah. And it's always made school joyful. Yeah, that perspective, that that framework of education makes it seem like it's a privilege rather than a task. Exactly. Like you get the opportunity to expand your brain rather than you have to do this certain thing. Exactly. That's very cool. Exactly. So I've always loved school. I was a huge math nerd growing up, which is why I ended up sort of in economics because I loved with math, especially higher math, that it's it's like a puzzle to figure out. It's something mm. you have to solve and, Formulas. and there's an answer somewhere in there. You just have to find it. There's a finite answer. It's yeah. not this amorphous most thing. Times, most <laughs> times. Um, and then once I discovered that those formulas and, and graphs and, and thought processes could be used to apply and explain these phenomena of the world in economics, that fascinated me even more. So then I, I decided I wanted to go into developmental economics, which I did pursue. I, I ended up getting my degree. In, what does um, that mean? Developmental economics? Yeah. If you could break it down for what <laughs> I will call the dumbasses like myself of the world, what? how do you describe what that field is? Are you ready for me to nerd out for a minute? I'm bracing myself. Okay, yeah. brace yourself. <laughs> Basically, we exist in a world that has different levels of countries as they're developing. Mm-hmm. So you have the giant, huge countries of the world that control most of the global economy. Mm-hmm. And then you have these developing countries that are building momentum quickly, but need capital in order to get a solid footing. Okay. So developmental economics, it sort of combines economics and anthropology in a way oh. where you, it's very specific and very, it's it's all down to the minutia of each situation, which is why I loved it so much. Because you go into these countries and you help them figure out ways to set up economic structures and to set up their systems in Uh a way that will help use the capital from these developed countries to build them, but not to a point where they will be inhibited by their relationships with the bigger countries so that they can eventually have a sense of ownership over what they're doing and they can become more independent as they grow. Kat, if someone told me that uh, when I woke up at 7 a.m. this morning, I would have a lesson on developmental economics. I would not have believed them, but thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. I provide many services, my dear. Are you interested? Do you watch Shark Tank? 
I do from time to time. Uh, does that fascinate you? I mean, you must understand it on a level because I've been obsessed with Shark Tank recently mm-hmm. and I do not know much about the finances, <laughs> uh, business, etc. cetera. Uh, that must like equate to you on a different level. That must, must speak a language to you that I can't speak. I do love it. Whenever I check it out, that and then there's a, a UK version as well that I've seen from time to time. <gasps> I have called not Dragon's Den. Wow. Yeah. So it's called Dragon's Den. It's called Dragon's Den. They really went there. They went there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure which existed first, but they went there. Wow. Um, so that's it's really fun to see. And I also I'm a huge fan of those kind of products just to see what people are innovating oh, and coming up with. It's fascinating. I found out that I have accidentally bought like six Shark Tank products and going back and rewatching episodes. Absolutely. Like, oh, so I'm yeah, I'm feeding the dragon basically. As well you should. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Okay, so now obviously you have this wonderfully rich economic uh, educational background what shifts to acting where where does this happen and how do you even tell your parents I feel like <laughs> this is like a confession that you need to tell your parents of like I'm so sorry but I want to be an actress it, well this is how it happened it's very funny I always say I fell into it backwards because okay. I never intended to to pursue anything like this as mm-hmm. a career when I was a kid but I was a ballet dancer from the time I was very small. It was something I loved. It was my outlet, my escape. and Your artistry. Exactly. Yeah. And so I ended up running into a family friend who was directing a community theater show and needed a dancer. And I was the kid who would try anything. So I said, uh-huh. well, sure, let me give this a go. It'll be interesting, something new. We'll yeah. see what happens. I walked on stage on opening night and it was one of those rare moments of clarity that you get in life mm. where suddenly everything stopped. Everything was so crystal clear. And I, something hit me like a brick wall. And I just knew that I was put on this earth to tell stories like a lightning rod, yeah. like a lightning rod. I kid you not. And I have never looked back. How old were you when this happened? I think I was about 12. Wow. So pretty early on. Yeah. But I'm but really also in the most transformative years of your life. That you're like, exactly. Yeah. This is the clarity that I mean, I think everyone's searching for clarity at 12 years old. I think everyone's searching for clarity in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still searching. I'm waiting to get that email response back. Absolutely. Uh, But I was lucky. My family was actually really supportive of it in that they said, well, as long as you, you know, get a college education, pursue your dreams, see what happens. That's what they said. Absolutely. Get an education and you can do this as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most gratifying things over the last several years, as my career has kind of gotten more momentum and and I have things that have a bit more longevity happening, it's my family's now started to see it more as a career and not as that thing that I'm doing before I actually Mm -hmm. settle down and have a career. Yeah. This like flippant thing that is, you know, just she's having a, a moment. Uh, and now it's like, oh, I get that this is a career. Because where I'm from and in the the kind of family that I'm from, things creative aren't necessarily, we don't, I I didn't even know being an actor was a job when I was a kid. I didn't know that was a job that somebody could do. I wasn't quite sure how it happened, but I knew that. You knew that the amorphous state of acting existed Somebody had to do it somehow, but I I didn't conceptualize that it was, you know, a job that somebody did as their full career. And it's just not something people think about, you know? And so as I, as this career happened and as my family learned more about it, they kind of went, oh, wow, this is actually really cool and something very interesting and and can turn into something real. And, and it's, it's been kind of amazing to see that. Have they, what was the, have you brought them out to LA to see certain 
steps in your career? Like, was there one kind of moment where you brought your parents out that they could actually like visualize and see like the success that you've had? They visited from time to time, but I, I didn't really take people to a set until the Shadowhunters set because okay. I wanted to have something that was like established and right. it was mine and it was, you know, something that it was my home that yeah. I could show them. And my grandparents loved Shadowhunters. They, they watched did? it. They watched it every week. They Wait, your grandparents yeah, loved it? Oh, they would call so me about sweet. it. It was so sweet. And so my grandparents and my mom came to visit me in Toronto right before we shot the series finale episodes. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take them through the set and kind of show them everything that had been built over the last four years. I mean, it's, yeah, Literally, like you're taking them to your house and yeah. giving them a cribs tour of like, welcome to my crib. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. And it was so wonderful because they, I got to introduce them to so many people who had become uh. my family. And it was amazing to watch them discover the set mm. in the way that I had discovered it the first time. Because I'll never forget the first time I walked onto that set yeah, four what years was that ago. Because like? well, they had built it and we had just done the first table read and they were all excited to show us. Yeah, you know, we were all together as a group, brand new, fresh off the boat, little uh. babies coming coming into our brand new show not knowing anything that was about to happen to us. And I remember walking into the Institute set, which was this big kind of headquarters for the shadow hunters. And okay. there were glass and screens and all these old church walls. And it was kind of our, our bat cave. Yeah. And we walked on the set and I, I was speechless instantly. It was so grand. It was so beautiful and well done and just beyond my imagination. I and knew it's real. And like it's this real. is real. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. And I knew from that point forward that that, that set was going to be something special. I mean, it became a character in and of itself, just That's like cool. the entire cast and crew did. Yeah. Have you, um, well, one, do do your mom and your, your grandmother have affinities towards certain members of the cast? Actually, they... Uh, because they're my big brothers, I think they kind of see them that way <laughs> as well. Family, it's Truly. everyone's family. No, it's true. It's it's funny because I'll the the boys give me trouble about things all the time, and my mom has a great sense of humor, so she'll come to set and she's gotten to know a couple of them where she can Aww. do the same with them, and it's funny to watch them do a double take because my my mom has a great sense of humor. Oh, that's great! And also, she's coming from such an educational background that she's like, I don't know what you guys do, so I'm coming <laughs> in with a fresh brain on all of this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you guys must have become such an insane family after mm -hmm. that. It's been four years in total. Yeah. 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 That's a college education. It was. It sort of was my college years because I, you know, I graduated university when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And Just then a very easy thing <laughs> for everyone to do and aspire to do. Good luck. <laughs> it doesn't happen to everyone. Only good brains do it. <laughs> <laughs> but what the, what that left is when I started, I booked Shadowhunters when I was 19. That's bonkers. It, it was pretty bonkers. And so I'm moving. Do you remember the call that you got? I Oh, vividly. Yes. <laughs> vividly. It was, it was an experience. Uh, basically, they had announced on Twitter that they were going to say who Clary was in two hours. And I still hadn't heard anything. Wait, they announced on Twitter? On the Shadowhunters Twitter, because they were building, there was some, because of the wow. book series. This is such modern social media. This it is, is nuts. It was amazing. Well, because the book series had such a following, right. people wanted to know who was being cast yeah. as the show was being developed and they were announcing us character by character and I knew it was between me and one other, other actress uh -huh. and they said okay in two hours hashtag who is Clary who's it gonna be so you were following along with everyone else and I had I didn't know and so I assumed that it wasn't me 
And so I said, this okay. This is nuts. <laughs> Just so you know, this is nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. So I saw that and I went, oh, okay. Well, it must have not gone my way because I don't, I haven't heard anything yet. So that's fine. That's wonderful for her. And then, <laughs> and then I, I'm happy for her for this. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you have to be at of that course, point, right? Yeah. And so I get a phone call saying, hey, wait a second. We haven't heard anything. They haven't said who it is. They haven't announced it yet to even us. Nobody's teams have heard anything. So just hold tight. And so I'm going, okay. So then I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm nervous. And I already know the outcome of this story. (laughs) And who is Clary is trending on Twitter. And there's all of these things happening. And I'm sitting here going, but I still haven't heard anything. How is this possible? So I go to the gym because I'm like, I have to do something. So I'm I'm like running on the treadmill. (laughs) And then 10 minutes before the two hours is up, I get a phone call. And they say, congratulations, you will be playing Clary Fairchild in the Mortal Instruments Shadow Hunters show. We are so excited to have you, blah, blah, blah. And oh, by the way, can you swing over to the ABC family offices because we want to make some social media videos with you. <laughs> we have 10 minutes for you to say yes to this so that we can announce it on Twitter. Pretty much. And then it was announced. And then I, wow. I so I had 10 minutes where I, I just didn't know what to think because the entire world was about to find out. And this fandom that had such opinions and was so excited. And I was just hoping that I hope they are okay with it being me. Well, I mean, there's so much joy Mm -hmm. and pressure at the same time. But I have to say, they gave me the warmest welcome, the the fandom, and it's been that way ever since. And it's been the biggest joy getting to go on this journey with them and create this story and having them be such a part of it. It's been so lovely. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I want to get more into the fandom. Um, Arrow, Shadowhunter, everything. Uh, We're just scratching the surface. We'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. We have support from Buffy today. Buffy makes bedding that is earth-friendly and cruelty-free. Their products are made using only sustainable and recycled materials, which makes them as soft on the planet as they are on your bed. Their latest product, The Breeze, is a comforter made entirely from 100% eucalyptus fiber to regulate temperature and keep you cool and comfortable all night long. It regulates temperature, which means no more night sweats. As someone that occasionally gets night sweats, I can't help it. It happens when you're an adult, I guess. This has been a godsend. The Breeze is made of eucalyptus fabric inside and out. It's softer than cotton and naturally soothes skin. It's also hypoallergenic. In fact, its high thread count shuts out dust, mold, and mites for a healthier sleeping environment. They also offer a free trial. You can try a comforter in your own bed for free, and if you don't love it, Return it at no cost. I have almost the entire collection of Buffy products. I've got the Breeze. I've got the other comforter that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. I also have their eucalyptus sheets, which I highly recommend. I love all of it. And why not choose 100% plant-based bedding that's better for you and the earth? And you guys can get $20 off your Buffy comforter by visiting Buffy.co and entering the code NTD. That's Buffy.co, Buffy.co, and code NTD for $20 off your Buffy comforter. We are back. So uh, I want to talk about like the social media phenomenon of all of these shows that you were involved in. Were you involved in social media leading up to these shows? Like, did you, I mean, obviously we all have Facebooks, we all have Twitters, whatever, but like, I'm sure this show really kind of thrust you into a place of now I need to, 
participate in social media. For sure. I mean, I'd done some work with Disney Channel back in the day and did some with the Maze Runner movie series, garnered a little bit of traction in that. Yeah. But it wasn't until Shadowhunters that things kind of exploded yeah. from that first moment. And since then, it's just been a rolling machine. But I... And with Arrow as well, these fandoms are so fierce and they're so passionate. They're so engaged. It's and insane. What a gift that is, though. Yeah. Because, you know, so often we pour our blood, sweat and tears into things and it goes out into the world and people just go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But if one person actually connects with what you're doing, ugh, mm -hmm. it's like the most incredible feeling. Absolutely. And because I've been so close with the Shadowhunters fans for years, it's it's been really incredible to watch them grow because it started with the book fans and right. then it was the book and the movie fans and then the tv show fans came in and it just blossomed into this beautiful thing and because of the diversity of the characters in our show mm -hmm. be it in race and sexuality and and relationships and every every aspect mm -hmm. we pretty much have everything in shadow hunters oh which is why i love it so much it, there's something for everyone exactly <laughs> yeah. and and people connect so much with it and i think the reason for that is, you know, the mythology of our show. I'm going to get a little fandomy on you for one Please, second. Please, because everyone that's listening to this for you wants this moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> so in the world of Shadowhunters, we have angels and demons and, and werewolves, warlocks, fairies, Shadowhunters, everything. They all exist on a scale from angel to human to demon, mm -hmm. where Shadowhunters are half angel, half human. Wow. Isn't that such a human scale, too? Yeah. So yeah. so shadow hunters are half angel, half human. Warlocks are half demon, half human. Uh -huh. Fairies are half angel, half demon. And were or yeah, werewolves and vampires are humans with a demon disease. So everybody kind of exists within that gray area. This right? is some uh, Carl Jung Freud <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> but in the end, kind of what this, the whole message of the story is, is that no matter what kind of blood you have coursing through your veins, no matter what you were born, no matter what you become, it's the choices that you make that mm. make you who you are and make you a hero or, or a villain. Mm -hmm. And that kind of messaging has sort of spawned, the fans have taken that on as their own Ugh. mission. And it's, they've created beyond our characters, beyond the story, beyond us, they have become this kind of community and this movement that just celebrates love and acceptance and being and expressing your true self. And I've seen them support not just us, but each other in their art and in their personal struggles. You and guys have created a community in which they can all like, yeah, support they each did other. It. They did it all. We just got to bear witness. <laughs> truly, truly. But it's, it's incredible to see this sort of force of positivity and love exists globally i am in the i mean this will air in 2020 that's what we need it is. when are you writing your self-help book <laughs> when can i pre-order it what's happening i feel like this is uh the obvious next step yes well in the myriad of other things i'm doing i'll, I'll just go ahead and write a self-help book and uh, i mean i feel like you coffee don't and sleep. stubbornness yeah, i yeah. don't sleep coffee and stubbornness <laughs> is an amazing uh, title for a self-help book. I'm putting out there to your publicist that's sitting to the left and uh, just, you go. know, putting it out into the ether. Perfect. Um, speaking, this is an insane fandom. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know a little bit about, because it's so intense for a brain to process, like all of a sudden going from like Kansas City to now I'm in this, you know, uh, world in which people have created this entire fandom, etc. What are Comic Cons or conventions like for you? They are the most wonderfully 
inspiring, humbling, and exhausting things that I ever do. Yeah. But in the best way. I love them. It's the sweetest energy of all time. It's just a bunch of people aggressively loving things. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's why I love the multi-fandom cons as well, Mm -hmm. because you get to go and see people get so excited over everything and mm-hmm. all the cosplay and everybody's just there to celebrate things that they love. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. And I get to nerd out too. It's so fun. <laughs> I want to cosplay when I go. I think it's so fun. Um, but then I've been to a lot of Shadowhunters specific conventions as well, mm-hmm. which are argue maybe more fun sometimes because we just get to kind of run amok and crash each other's panels and have so much fun but it's really amazing to connect with the fans in that way because you get to talk to people and hear their stories and look at their art in person and just see them interact not only with us but with each other which I love I've had people come up to me and go I'm so excited today because I'm meeting my best friend for the first time in person. Ah! We've been talking on Twitter for two years and they're here today and it's and my first time. And you're an accidental matchmaker and it's so fun. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it's really amazing to kind of just feel this energy. Have you ever had a fangirl moment with someone at a convention or even on a red carpet or anything like that? I've had I've had a few. I've yeah. had a few. I think the one that I always think of because it was just... I can be an awkward human often. Uh, Welcome to the club. Great. (laughs) I'm among my people. Thank you. Um, I will never forget. It was one of my first times going to the whole Golden Globes after party situation, running around to all the different events where there's just everybody there and you're seeing all of these people. I was walking through chatting with a friend and out of the corner of my eye, I just happened to see this glow and I wasn't sure what it was. So I look and it was... Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively just walking, floating, (laughs) floating, truly floating through the party. And something came over me. I just stopped and just went to to just a neutral position. I think my jaw hit the floor and I just stared and followed them through the entire thing. Wait, physically walked behind them? No, no, my my eyes just felt pretty sure I made awkward eye contact with Blake Lively a few times. sure. Just staring and following the entire path through and then suddenly this the spell was broken when I couldn't see them anymore and I went about trying to figure out where I was but yeah. that was that was pretty embarrassing they had an aura they, they truly did they them. truly did oh my goodness <laughs> um let's talk about music what's going on there isn't that the question? Um, there's <laughs> no. It's it's funny because the the showrunners of Shadowhunters found out that I did music, right? Because it's you know in the rest of my career I'm playing a character and it's mm-hmm. someone else's words and someone else's shoes that I'm living in. Yeah. So music for me is my one outlet where I can put a little piece of my heart and soul out in the world. Yeah. And it's terrifyingly vulnerable, mm-hmm. but in the most wonderful way. Yeah. Um. So I it's it's something that I really love, and I sent them a few of my songs because they wanted to hear them. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, this one we love. We want to put it on the soundtrack of the season finale this year. I said, okay, thank you. (laughs) Sure. And uh, it was released and people really like responded to it. And it was in the top 100 on iTunes that week. Amazing. And I I was floored by the response. Uh But I I had been so long since I'd actually focused on music. I didn't have anything to follow it up with. Like my brain energy (laughs) is depleted because I'm working on something. It's like, wait, I'm fighting demons 10 months a year. I can't, I don't. I cannot fight my inner demons to make music right now. Exactly. So having, and the song was called Ember, having Ember out there has been great. 
and seeing people respond to it and seeing people really get excited about it. It's great. So now that I'm not fighting demons 10 months a year and I have a little bit more time on my hands, I'm digging back into music. You are. Um, yeah, I am, which is great. That's I'm so great. excited. I, I got to dabble a little bit this year in that um, I was a part of the there's a, a Netflix series called Spirit Riding Free, and mm -hmm. they did a Christmas special called The Spirit of Christmas. And you're a voice in it. And I have a voice in it. I play a singer-songwriter named Sally Jessup. What a what a stretch. It was great. <laughs> it was super fun. I got to go back to my southern roots and uh, got to sing some really, really wonderful Christmas songs. That's awesome. Yeah. And so is this a thing on the horizon potentially to be more worked on? Uh, the, the music side of things? Yeah. 100%. It's something that I've, I have so many songs that are just on my computer that are half finished or finished or, you know, I have a bunch of Put songs. Put them out there. I need to. I've almost done a Halloween EP like three times already. A Halloween EP? Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. And it's just been a matter of paperwork that it hasn't gotten done. This is the thing that everyone wants. Yeah. I mean, who, I mean, Mariah Carey has owned Christmas, mm -hmm. right? Um, but no one's owned Halloween. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Now's your time. It, it is time. It okay. is indeed. Um, Kat, the one thing I really want to ask you about, because uh, you are incredibly busy and your brain is a beautiful thing. What do you do in your free time? How do you relax? A couple things. Okay. Um, fitness has become a huge part of my life since starting shadow hunters well you must have to do stunt training and all of that for the show exactly right? yeah i've been a dancer my whole life so mm -hmm. i've always been an athlete but i'd sort of written off any potential for real physical strength for myself given that i'm a tiny human <laughs> I have written off physical strength as an attribute. I did. I thought there's no way I can have any real modicum of physical strength. I'm just, I'm tiny. It's it, just not a thing. When the apocalypse happens, I'm going to be emotionally supporting everyone, not mm -hmm. physically supporting I'm anyone. researching recon in the apocalypse. I got this. I am prepared and I am creative and I have comic relief. There you uh, go. No, but I, then I, I started Shadow Hunters and I met all of these amazing trainers and mm -hmm. they said no no you absolutely <laughs> can be incredibly strong and fit and do all of these things we just have to show you how and they did and it completely changed my world wow. it changed my life it changed how I feel it changed my body it, it truly was kind of a revolution for me yeah and so that, that mind-body connection exactly it's kind of become my me time yeah. so I I either go to a spin class or I go box or I go for a run or I just go to the gym and lift every single mm -hmm. day. I try and do something because it just clears my head That's and great. puts me in the right space to do whatever it is else that I need to do that day. I'm on the same boat that like I run as my like um, relief and I think I love it because I can't be on my phone. Mm -hmm. I, I can't talk to other people. It's literally just me and my brain in my body. Mm -hmm. And that's the most kind of relieving thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. I like, usually listen to podcasts or or You listen audiobooks. to podcasts while you run? Yeah, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> See, I listen to Jack Jams to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it works. Um, but so that's that's something I do in my free time. I also love to travel. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I, I'm often in one place doing a job or bopping in and out here and there. But 
I love learning about the world by seeing it and experiencing how other people live their lives and just going to beautiful places, taking incredible pictures. My best friend's a photographer as well. So cool. we we just love to travel to beautiful places and take pictures and experience the culture. I mean, what a great on. job for a best friend. They <laughs> <Just laughs> take some beautiful he's photos. He's also an incredible actor, but he's, he takes incredible, incredible pictures. Where's a place you haven't traveled to yet that's on your short list? Oh, I'm dying to go to Indonesia. I'm oh, dying to yeah. go to Seychelles. Um, um, I'd really like to, I've never been to Hawaii. Something as simple as Hawaii. I've yeah. never been. That seems like a, an easy get, mm-hmm. an easy go-to. Pretty much everywhere I haven't been, though, I'd like to go that's, at some point. That's a um, safe statement. Pretty yeah. much. Also, I don't know, the, it's, it's the extravagant things and the simple things. The extravagant things like these grand trips that I love to plan in my yeah. head. But also something that I love doing in my free time is just sitting with family and friends or some people I love, however you would define that. <laughs> and having a wonderful game night and yeah. just sitting down and laughing or cooking. Just being or a human a around movie. other people. <laughs> yeah, but game night is one of my favorite things because it you can't help but laugh and have a good time. It can be any I mean, I love mafia. I love running charades. Okay. Okay. Um what else do I love to play? Uh, Linky. Have you ever heard of Linky? No, but it sounds like a cute app. <laughs> it, does, it is an app, actually. It's okay. also an app, and it's wonderful. Um, it's it's sort of a a category game where you answer four questions, and they all lead to oh. one response. And you have to get, anyway. It's a long story, but it's a wonderful game. And do it's super fun. do you watch television? I mean, you're on it so much. Do I you do. actually watch it? In I do. Your free yeah, time? yeah. What do you watch? I watch a lot of things, actually. Oh, okay. Because I, I kind of keep it on in the background while I'm doing other things. Yeah, it's my music. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, what did I... I just finally... I'm so behind, though. Mm-hmm. I just finished watching Fleabag. See, I haven't even gotten to that. Oh, you must. I know, you I must. hear. There are very few series that I would attribute to being perfect series. Like Mad Men is one. Yeah. Breaking Bad is another. Yeah. Fleabag Ugh. is another. It is one of the most poignant, smart, funny, heartwarming, heartbreaking series. I watched two episodes on a plane because that was all that was available and it teased me to no end. And I know that I have to emotionally prepare myself if I'm going to finish the series because it is that enriching and that like uh, engaging. I, I had watched one episode a long time ago and then finally circled back to it and I watched the rest of them in 24 hours. I could yeah. not stop watching. See, that's how I am with the Great British Baking Show. Which... That I probably would love, <laughs> considering I'm a baker. I've been told to watch that so many times. You're a baker and I'm you don't baker. watch Great British Baking Show? Well, you might be offended by it because I don't bake at all. So that's why I can indulge in it. But I feel like bakers might be like a little more sensitive. I highly doubt. I think I think <laughs> they're the experts and I, I'm a recreational baker. Um, but but I, think, I think I would enjoy it. Uh, other than Fleabag, anything else you're watching currently? I'm currently watching season three of Mrs. Maisel. I'm very uh, excited about that. Yeah. It's so lovely. Um, what else do I watch? I'm, I'm trying. Oh, Succession. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have you seen it? Yeah. And it's <gasps> real good. It's so good. It's real good. And it makes me <laughs> mad when I watch it because it's so good. And it's all so of the good. actors are incredible on it. And I get, I have to like stand, my boyfriend and I watch it. I have to like stand up and walk around the room mm-hmm. because I'm just like so aggressively, like intensely into every person's 
character. Exactly. It's, <laughs> to me, watching Succession is like eating at a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, yeah, it's so rich. But I'm like, I don't deserve this. No. I don't. <laughs> and you just get little tiny bites and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's gone. Oh, and you want and it's, more. Oh, so, okay. Uh, quick question before we take one last break mm-hmm. and answer some Twitter questions. What's like a dream role that you, a character that you'd want to play? Ooh, a dream character that I want to play. Or like um, character I, I, I type. I can give you one. It's kind of silly, but I can give you one. So the Broadway show that I did, which is the job that took me out of Kansas City, mm-hmm. is A Little Night Music. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite shows. But what's so special about it is it has characters for women kind of at every age. Okay. And so I played the youngest character in the show who's, at, she, her, she's 12. I was 14 when I did the show. What a, what a reach. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But I, I worked with some incredible women on it. And there's a character that's this, my character's grandmother. Uh-huh. And it was played by Angela Lansbury and then Elaine Stritch when I did the show. And those women are my heroes. They taught yeah. me everything I know. They saved me, I, literally and figuratively. But I would love to play Madame Armfelt one day in A Little Night Music if it were ever to come back okay. to Broadway. No, when I'm, when I'm 94. Because <laughs> Elaine, Elaine was 94 when she did the show. Wow. And so I, I'm dying to play... Madam Armfelt when I'm 94. All right. Well, there's still time. Yes. <laughs> we'll put that out there now. I'm going to start I developing will... it now and maybe the time I get there. Yeah, we'll wait 50 years and see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, we have a bunch of Twitter questions for you because, as you know, this fandom is engaged with everything that you're up to. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Not Too Deep. What's Grace it is time to turn your dream into a reality with guess who? Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project. Are you looking to start a new business? Do you want to showcase your work? Do you want to publish content or sell products or more? Squarespace is a tool for you. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks so you can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. Plus, they have powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online and analytics that help you grow your site in real time. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. Buying domains is simple and you can get the help that you need with their 24-7 award-winning customer support. They empower millions of people, designers, lawyers, artists, gamers, even restaurants and gyms to turn great ideas into something real. So head to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace dot com slash grace offer code grace okay we're back uh before we get into these twitter questions i'm going to ask you the two questions i ask every single guest okay. that is on the podcast the first is who alive or dead would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at throw cold spaghetti at mm-hmm. hmm alive or dead doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. It can be celebratory if you choose. Entirely up to you. It can be negative. Uh, you know, I think, hmm, who would I want to throw cold spaghetti at? Yeah, this question really boggles a lot of people's brains. It's, I am, consider me boggled. <laughs> uh, I would like to throw cold spaghetti at... And it can also change day to day. So this is your answer today. It can change tomorrow. Okay. So it's not definitive. Okay. 
this is how I know that you have a very intelligent brain is that you, I can literally like that meme of uh, a beautiful mind. There is so much happening in your brain that you're trying to work out right now. I feel like you're doing a quadratic equation right now. Oh, I am. Sorry. Was there a question? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll just pick something. I would like to throw cold spaghetti at, I actually rather like cold spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Truly. It's actually quite, quite yummy. It's my favorite form of spaghetti. Yeah. Cold leftovers. It's like cold pizza, but in noodle form. (gasps) Thank you. Thank you. Okay. My boyfriend thinks it's disgusting. No, no, And no, I no. am trying to prove that it is the best way to go. No, no, no. <laughs> it is not. I am also an enjoyer of cold leftovers. Thank you. Um, Actually, instead of throwing cold spaghetti at someone, I would like to invite you to a cold spaghetti food fight in which we can also eat the cold spaghetti. This is the first time we've had this answer on Not Too Deep and we've had 200 plus episodes. Wow. Um, I RSVP to that food fight. Huzzah! <laughs> it's, it's a date. <laughs> okay, the other question that I ask every single guest is to tell us your um, worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases or a combination. So, for instance, mine is college jogging front lawn. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a close call that you can describe to us in three small mm-hmm. phrases. Mm-hmm. Mine would be um, bad chicken. Oh, car. <laughs> L.A. traffic. <laughs> yeah, that close uh, call. But <laughs> I feel like every single person in this room can relate to that story. <laughs> Uh, thank goodness for squats because I've I have muscular <laughs> strength in that area. <laughs> really, uh, you know, kegels and squats do wonders, do wonders for <laughs> the body. <laughs> All right, let's get into these Twitter questions. Uh, someone wants to know: Before she had her own costume on Arrow, whose superhero suit did she want to steal? Ooh. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm laughing because I always joke about this with someone. Um, I always threaten to steal Superman's cape uh. because then you can fly anywhere and get there quickly. That's, you know, airline travel is a wonderful thing, but also it takes so much time. It's so much time. And also, I mean, we just t- uh, spoke about L.A. traffic. If we all had that uh, availability, mm-hmm. I think we'd alleviate the highway system. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But I do have to say the... Uh, that watching them build my arrow suit was incredible. Uh, They're yeah, such experts. Like? It was amazing because I got to, you know, I was there for the fittings because yeah. it had to be on my body. Yeah. Um, it was incredible because there's they've done so many and they've done so many so well that they're such masters and the their creativity when it comes to detail mm-hmm. is the most amazing thing. You, for example, on my suit, you you can't see it in most of the shots, but it's made of this material called Euro Jersey, which is like this really thin, stretchy fabric. Mm-hmm. But they had the stuff for my suit printed with little teeny tiny arrowheads all over it in two different patterns. Whoa. So my entire suit is made up of little teeny tiny arrows. So that's like a thing for you. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's really cool because their whole idea was to base it off of Oliver's suit, but mm-hmm. make it kind of new and a little more feminine, but then also... Make it arrow themed, have everything be an arrow. So every kind of shape is slightly like an arrow head or yeah, that's super cool. It's amazing. Also, I think it's very cool when um, they make women's superhero suits in a practical sense, Mm -hmm. right? That it's not like, here's my tits out and like, I look hot, but Mm -hmm. like here I can fight crime and like 
kill bad guys and do cool things. It's awesome. And it's so much fun to wear as well because yeah. you you feel like a superhero. Yeah. You put on the suit, you look around and there's, you know, a couple Superman and the Flash and Supergirl <laughs> and the Green Arrow and you go, yeah, now I can be one of the, I need to be one of the cool kids now. This is great. I made the cut. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it kind of makes you want to run around and jump and do cool oh, things. Yeah, that you want to parkour immediately. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have to give a shout out to Stephen Amell because in season one of Arrow, he kind of he and, and the wardrobe department created this concept for the boots okay. because obviously they have to look like big mm-hmm. hardcore boots but he had the idea because he like myself does a lot of our own stunts yeah um of going well it's gonna be so impractical to have those heavy boots all the time right 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 can we take the sole of a nike or a some kind of sneaker and put it make a boot on top of it and they went well yeah sure so my superhero boots are basically sneakers, running shoes. Okay. How have you guys like marketed this? How, I mean, this take this to Shark Tank right now. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Let's go. <laughs> take it to the icing. Take it to uh, Spencer's Gifts. Just yeah. say goth boots, but you can run in them. <laughs> yeah. No, but I have to, I have to give a shout out to Steven for that because that is a godsend. That's amazing. Yeah. And also helps you perform better. True. Because you're not just clunking around in a bunch of heavy boots. Yeah. It makes me want to jump over things. And <laughs> uh, someone to know, Philip wants to know i'm graduating college on friday what advice do you have for the future first of all congratulations uh it's a huge accomplishment and not an easy one so kudos to you um pat yourself on the back yeah i mean just a lighthearted, easy question to answer yeah, treat yourself first of all <laughs> second of all i would say be open to unorthodox opportunities that you wouldn't mm. necessarily expect because the way the job market is now yeah. i've seen a lot of my friends struggle in figuring out where to go and what to do because it's not an easy market always now, right. no matter what your industry is. Mm-hmm. So just leave yourself open, whatever your field is, to doing something kind of unexpected and making your own way. Mm-hmm. We live in a world with the internet now where you can do so much and create so many of your own opportunities. Yeah. Be open to that. Yeah, there's no traditional path mm-hmm. anymore. I also feel like, and maybe you resonate with this, is like, find um, collaborators, find people that you admire and kind of use their path as inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of the coolest thing in the universe to find people that you actually really love and admire. Uh, Alicia wants to know if you could spend a day with any fictional character, who would it be? Sherlock Holmes. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fanatic. I grew up reading the books. I absolutely loved every... I think I've read pretty much every Sherlock Holmes story that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote. Uh-huh. Um, but I just... I love the character. He's a superhero to me. Yeah. Just the fact that he can create such um, inferences from the most mundane of details yeah. in, in things. And just put the way he... His powers of deduction are superpowers to me. Do you find any interest in other like CSI type shows? I do. Okay. I, I went on a huge... When I was a teenager, I went on a huge uh, Criminal Minds binge. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I watched mm-hmm. just... I think my mom was a little worried about me at one point. Because <laughs> I watched so much Criminal Minds. 
it was locked in your room watching Criminal Minds. It's like, she's an artist. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she I, was into dance and now she's into Criminal Minds. I don't know what's going on. I think it's just the the psyche that fascinates, the human psyche yeah. that fascinates me. And, and that's kind of why I love being an actor too. Yeah. Because we get a script and that's sort of, we have all the information. We have the A to Z. We have all of the details in there. But then we have to figure out the why. Mm-hmm. And we have to figure out what takes that person and why they make those choices and yeah. what makes them make those decisions and why it is specifically that their perspective causes them to see the world in that way. Oh, that's so cool. And the fact that we get to create all of these characters and and discover who these people are and figure out why they are the way they are. It's fascinating to me. Well, I don't know why you haven't started writing the female Sherlock Holmes for yourself. I feel like that is also all knocking on all the wood. Yeah, that's in not the a books. bad idea. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say, Benedict Cumberbatch did it pretty well, but, but there's got to be there's got to be room. He's got to have a kid out there somewhere, in real life or on the show. I mean, Sherlock Holmes oh, yeah, has yeah, to yeah, have yeah, a child yeah, yeah, some, yeah. somewhere, we're not, somehow. We're not, we're not breaking new news. No, Benedict, Benedict <laughs> no. Cumberbatch is Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, what's your favorite memory from the Arrow set? That's probably hard Ooh, to choose. It's very hard to choose. Um, I would say one of my favorite memories from the Arrow set was, it's sort of bittersweet. It's, it's. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to pick one because there were so many of them. Um, there was one day in particular when we were shooting the the final final episode that pretty much everybody was on set, uh-huh. and everybody came, and even people that weren't working that day showed up uh, because so many people were rapping yeah. right around that same time, and it it hadn't really felt real for me because we did, you know, the backdoor pilot and we did all of these other things that it didn't feel as though I was fully saying goodbye to this world, right. And that made it so, not final, but it made me realize that it will never be the same oh, in that moment. Yeah. And it just, it hit me because there's been so much love on that set and it's been so wonderful. And it's funny because I had a, a very similar moment on the set of Shadowhunters during, when we finished the, the series finale of Shadowhunters, we... Our final scene, everybody was on set. It was the big Malik wedding where, you know, we had people coming in from all storylines, all seasons. Everybody was there. Yeah. We were having the rap party on our stages because we were uh, just going to run amok and celebrate and have yeah. a good time. And I remember we just wrapped, done the champagne toast. Everybody applauded. And then everybody went to go change for the party. And I, you know, I'm walking to the edge of this, the soundstage and I stop at the edge of the set. And I realized that it's the last moment that I'm going to be walking off set in character oh. as the last time as Clary ever. And I didn't, I didn't want to move. <laughs> and I turned to, I turned to Brian, who was our head makeup artist, because he was the only one kind of still there. And I said, Brian, I, I don't want to go. Oh, I, I had a Tom Holland moment. Oh, from my, the, <laughs> my God. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Um, but eventually, you know, I did. And the party was wonderful and we all yeah. cried. And it was beautiful. But that that those kind of moments always stick with me when you oh. realize that it's it's not goodbye, but it's never going to be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also really wonderful to have those moments of like present reflection, mm-hmm. present like um, uh, uh, encouragement and like appreciation. Mm-hmm. For those things, because otherwise everything passes you by like, you know, cars on a highway and it's then you true. never appreciate it. Well, especially in, in our world where we ev- the one constant is that a project is going to end eventually right. and you will have to move on to something else. Right. And it's 
you know, you you get so close with people and you become such a family because you spend so much time and so much time, so many with vulnerable these moments mm-hmm. and you, you really see each other at your best and your worst. Yeah. And that brings you together. Ugh. And it's true. I mean, it's hard to, I'm sure for you to, to really, really, um, it describe what it's like to be on those kind of sets because it really is you're spending 16 hours a day mm-hmm. with these people and to the people that you love in your you know personal life you're yeah. spending an hour with them exactly maybe and, if you're lucky yeah if you're lucky yeah. and so like the uh the pie chart of how much time you spend with these people is absolutely insane yeah and it's true well and it's it's even more of a gift when you get to work with people that you really care about and yeah. can enjoy spending time with and it does become a family from the cast to the crew, to everybody on that set. Yeah. Both Arrow and Shadowhunters. I've I've been really fortunate to have such positive experiences. Ugh, I cannot wait for what's next. Um, okay, let's get into a last question here. I'm trying to find the best last question. Oh, uh, well, here's a second to last question. Okay. As a Casey native, what's your favorite? barbecue spot oh see there's so many good ones <laughs> it's it's really hard to choose i mean gates is amazing oklahoma joe's is incredible oklahoma joe's is special because it's in it's in a gas station in the middle of nowhere in kansas i mean you don't have to ask me twice about getting food from a gas station i'm from <laughs> jersey so that's where most yeah. of my meals come from <laughs> well arthur bryan's too is classic there's so many incredible places in kansas city you really can't go wrong I, I went back there for there's a bunch of amazing actors and comedians that are all from Kansas City and they yeah. do this thing called the Big Slick every year oh, that's where cool. it, it's all it's a huge charity event to benefit the children's hospital and over the last 10 years they've raised over 10 million dollars for the hospital amazing in in one weekend last year we raised 2.5 million dollars Wow. It, it's incredible what they do. But it, it all ended this year with a big variety show in the 5,000 seat stadium in Kansas City. Cool. And after that, they had they brought in a bunch of the top barbecue spots in Kansas City to to feed everybody because right. we were all hungry and tired and all that. And uh, I realized I hadn't had proper Casey barbecue in a very long time. Do you know what burn ends are? Burnt, burnt ends. ends. It's it's a Kansas City can, barbecue special. It's sort of the end of a brisket where yeah, it kind of just falls I, apart. And it's, I can infer what they. I think it is. It's, it's really like <laughs> melts in your mouth, Ugh. covered in sauce. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, I think I had three full plates of burnt ends at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> from all of these places. Welcome home. It was the best. It was amazing. Um, okay. Kat, last question. Uh-huh. What is up for you in 2020? What's going on? What can people expect? What can people look forward to? What sort of teases can you put out there? What's exciting is that there's so many possibilities for what's going to happen. There are some things right now I'm in the middle of shooting, um, Stephen King's The Stand, which is going to be a lot of fun. A very lighthearted, family-friendly film. It's (laughs) it's incredible. It's for CBS All Access. It's a nine-episode miniseries. And the cast is insane. And everybody who's working on it really is passionate about Stephen King and about the project. And it's it's such an amazing, it's such a departure for me from what I've been doing. And the character as well is such a departure. Cool. So that's very exciting. I'm sure your fans will love to see that. I'm not sure when it's coming out. I assume 2020 at some point. Google it. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And then we'll see about the the backdoor pilot. We'll find out sometime next year if it's moving forward into series. And if not, I have some other irons in the fire that cool. we'll see some really exciting things. I'm I'm dipping my toe into producing and into back into music like we talked about and Great. directing as well. Amazing. So I've I've 
got some irons in the fire in all of those fields and I'm I'm dying to dig in. That's so cool. And for people that don't know, where can they find you across the board social media wise? Twitter is cat underscore McNamara. Instagram is cat dot McNamara. Cat Everyone that makes time to be a guest on the podcast gets a personalized fortune cookie. Personalized fortune cookie. From us to you, you're welcome (gasps) to open it. I would recommend not eating it, but you can read the the fortune that's inside. So I have a weird thing about fortune cookies. Oh. In my family, somebody else always like cracks the fortune cookie for it. Would you crack the fortune cookie? Oh, this is a first. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Wow. That's um, a... Your family is an interesting family. We are an interesting bunch, but we have fun. You guys have fun. I can get it out of here with my fingernails. It's, uh, yeah, we don't make it easy for our guests. That's all right. I'm up for a challenge. I thrive on a challenge. I love this. That's amazing. Am I supposed to read it? If you would like to read it out loud, that'd be wonderful. As someone as smart and talented as you, you guys are too nice. We think it's perhaps best that you tell us what the winning lottery numbers are. Please enunciate and repeat the numbers in case we miss them the first time around. Yeah. You know what? I'll have to consult um, Sarah Lance and or Barry Allen on that because they are the experts in time travel. Fair. And I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll, you know, portal myself. Fair. And come back. And then we'll take our winnings and make our Shark Tank product. Oh, it all works out. 2020, get ready. Things are going to be different. (laughs) Uh, Thank you again for being here. This was so fun. Thank you. I had a blast. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Camera operator Katrina Henning. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 